Praise God. Amen. God is a good God. We're so excited about what he has in store for us as we continue to follow after him and allow his Holy Spirit to lead us. Thank you, Pastor Rodney uh, and worship ministry team for bringing us to this place where we are right now. The presence of God is here. So let's dive right into the word of God. And then we're going to begin from uh, the gospel, John chapter 7. If you want a title for today's message, some people want to have a title so they know where we're going. You try to figure out ahead of time. I'll go ahead and give it to you. It's entitled, The Spirit Within. Everyone say, The Spirit Within. So the Gospel of John chapter 7, I'm going to read a few verses from there, beginning at uh, verse 37. And it's Jesus making a promise and a proclamation concerning the promise of the Holy Spirit of God who was going to be sent from heaven to take up residence within us. Verse 37 says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. Do you believe in Jesus this morning? You all believe in Jesus today? Amen. You're at the right place at the right time. The spirit within is for you. This he spoke concerning the spirit whom those who believing in him would receive. So I'm asking you to open up your heart and receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit into your life today. It says, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So Jesus' proclamation here was a call for the Holy Spirit fullness as a way of life for all of us who believe on him and in him. John is explaining that Jesus was making a prophetic forecast about the future of the Spirit's work within us. Say it again, within me. There's a spirit at work within you. And that work, he's calling us to a lifestyle to be bathed in spirit fullness to the point of continual overflow out of your belly, out of your heart, some of your translations say, but out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. The picture of rivers of living water is a picture of life. It's a picture of energy and multifaceted life. There's a lot of different life within a river. It's not just wet. There's a lot of life in there, all species of fish and plants and energy. And so the, the picture there is, a, is a, a flow of vitality, a flow of energy as a result of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God taking up residence within us. And it is his desire, the Spirit's desire within us is to, his desire is to unleash rivers of living water from within as we choose to live the Spirit-filled life. His desire is to represent Jesus to you. That's part of his assignment, is to represent Jesus to you in every way. A perfect picture of Jesus and the Holy Spirit's within you to represent him to you. He's here to represent, he's within you to represent not only Jesus to you, but to represent Jesus to your family, to represent Jesus to your community, to represent Jesus to your spheres of influence, to the whole world. And so we have an assignment from God uh, to receive the Holy Spirit of God 
and to allow him to do his work within us, and that is to represent Jesus in a way that we might not even have imagined possible yet until this time. Many times when we talk about the Holy Spirit within, my experience has been growing, uh, uh, being introduced into what's known as the charismatic movement, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, pretty much the emphasis had been, and the extent of the emphasis for me had been, well, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, that means you're a person that prays in tongues, you believe in the gifts of the Spirit, and so forth. And that is absolutely true. Uh, we do believe in the fullness of the Spirit. We believe that uh, praying, worshiping, uh, singing in the Spirit is, is biblical. It's for today. That's not a new revelation. That's been since we have the Scriptures. Uh, we, we believe that here at Grace Church. I personally believe that, and I personally practice that. There are a lot of circumstances and situations in my life where without the Holy Spirit within me, I wouldn't know how to pray. I wouldn't know which direction to take. I wouldn't know which step to take next. But thank God for the Holy Spirit within leading, guiding, and directing. But I want to, uh, we're not going to be talking about that so much today. That, that certainly is a, is a major part of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We have the, the church was birthed on the day of Pentecost, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We have the manifestations of the Spirit, of, of the different languages being spoken. Uh, on, uh, ten years after the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 8, there's a group of believers together in Jerusalem. They've received the Holy Spirit. Eight years later, there was an outpouring on them. In Acts chapter 19, the Apostle Paul said, and Ephesus, and he found some believers there, and he inquired, have you received the Holy Spirit since you have believed? And they say, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. All we know about is the baptism of John. He said, well, and then he shared with him about the Holy Spirit, laid hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in tongues. So it's a subsequent outpouring of the Holy Spirit in addition to being born again into the kingdom of God. Then when I share this story, the, 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 as I get older, the, the older I feel when I share this story because in, uh, not only eight years after Pentecost and not only 20 years after Pentecost, but there was a time in 1979, everyone say 1979, Rodney and Sharice, that's before you were born, I believe. I had the experience of being prayed over and hands laid on me and received the fullness of the Spirit within with the evidence of praying in the Spirit and, and praying in tongues. And so I also had that experience uh, since 1979. So that's been just a few years ago. This sounds like a long, long time ago. Anything in the 1900s, but uh, uh, Tyler and Megan, the two youngest children, they, uh, they think that sounds old, but I tell them, listen, you were born in the 1900s, so... <laughs> They were born in the 1900s, so they're pretty old as well. So if your heart's cries like my heart's cry on a continual basis, there has to be more to the Christian life. We, you know, we find ourselves getting dry and we find ourselves uh, not wanting to worship. However, if you, you, know, if you were here today, you wanted to worship and uh, you, you want to worship in atmospheres like this, so I encourage you to uh, just continue to pour your heart out to God. But there are, there are seasons when, you know, uh, apart from a setting like this, when we're being led in worship by, so, by such an excellent team of people, it makes it real easy, but when we're by ourselves, are we being worshipful? Are we being mindful of bringing glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving to God? Or do we find ourselves just feeling dry? Just kind of like, eh, thank you, Lord. This is a day that you have made. I'm, like, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it. Amen. <laughs> 
and we go about drudging through our day and not having much spring in our step and just not a whole lot of enthusiasm for the things of God, for the things of the Spirit, and, and just not, not, not feeling it. Not feeling it. And so thank God for the Holy Spirit. He's within us. In, in, the, in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul talks about the importance of be, being filled with the Spirit. And, and the proper grammar there, that it's a continual, that you continue to be being filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, which is dissipation. Don't be unwise meaning be wise and be filled with the Spirit. And so it's important that we continually are cognizant of and continually open ourselves up to God pouring of his Spirit within us, that we are continually being filled with the Spirit. So there is more to the life that we experience many times. And I personally, when I find those dry seasons, it's because I'm not, I have not been cognizant of the presence of the Spirit of God within. When you, when you read the Gospels and you're following the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ, I find it very intriguing. I, I, I'm, I'm always intrigued by his uh, awareness of his environment in, on a natural realm. He's, he's, he's cognizant of what's going on around him. At the very same time, he is very cognizant of the Spirit of God within him. He's in tune with God, and he's in tune with his environment at the same time. And that's where we want to be. I, I desire to be at that same place where I can be very much aware of my environment, what's going on around me, at the same time being aware of the spirit within leading, guiding, and directing so that I'm making right choices, making right decisions concerning my environment that I find myself in. And that's what the spirit of God wants to do. The spirit within, that's what Jesus talked about, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And there's no indication there that there'd be a dry season, that there's no indication there that it's seasonal, that there's some times when you're gonna have rivers flowing and other times they won't flow. It's just gonna be dry. It's gonna be, you know, it's, just, it's, it's gonna dissipate. No, he said, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. So open up and receive that which God has for you. And uh, Jesus told us uh, in the scripture, it's recorded that he made this statement in John chapter 16 and in verse seven. Jesus said, it's to your advantage. I don't know about you, but when I read when Jesus is declaring, it's to your advantage, my ears open up. To my advantage, that means it's gonna be good for me. That means it's going to be good for you. But he made this statement, he said, it is to your advantage, he's sharing this with his disciples uh, uh, prior to his uh, death. He said, it's to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper, referring to the Holy Spirit, so the spirit within is your helper. He's helping you make the right choices, make, helping you make right decisions, helping you make the, uh, determining the right direction, helping you and leading you in, 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 the, in the right direction and, and just everything being spot on with, what, with how God is leading you. So he said, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him, Holy Spirit, to you. So he's gonna send him to you to live within you 
and to never leave you, but to be within you, to lead you, to guide you, and to direct you. And just as Jesus was always conscious of his environment around him, he was also very aware of the spirit of God within him. The story where, uh, where the, he was walking along and the crowds were pressing in against him and, and the one woman had, a, had an issue of, 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 for 12 years and she pressed into the crowd and she touched him and power flowed out of his body and Jesus recognized that someone touched him. So even though he's in this big crowd of people, many people are touching him and bumping into him, I'm sure, but uh, this one particular woman touched him in a spirit of faith and, and power flowed out of him to heal him. And so he was very much aware of that. Yeah, this person bumped into me. This person bumped into me. This person shook my hand. And, you know, I was in touch with all these different people, but he's very much aware of that someone touched me expecting something. He was aware of that. In, in my life and in your life, we can have that same awareness that the Holy Spirit presence of God has taken up resonance within us and he is desiring and it's to my advantage and it's his desire to be leading, guiding and directing that I'm making the right choice even when things are pressing in, even when there's multitudes of things happening at the same time, it doesn't mean I need to put God over on a shelf. I need to put the Holy Spirit over here someplace because you know, I'm, I'm not thinking about my Christian walk right now. I'm thinking about this, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking about this game or I'm thinking about this event or I'm thinking about this, this thing that's weighing heavy on me. Yes, things weigh heavy on you. They weighed heavy on Jesus, but at the same time, the Holy Spirit was with him and he was aware and he was able to hear and to discern and to obey the direction of the Holy Spirit within. So folks, it's, it, it's in you. He, not it, he is in you. It's always a personal pronoun. Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit, never referred to him as a it. And so we should never refer to him as it. He, the Holy Spirit, abides within us. And so Jesus said, it's to your advantage. If I go away, I'm going to send him to you. So here's what I have to share with you today. You have mail. <laughs> you might want to check it. You might want to open up and read it. You may want to open up and read it. So I want, to, I want us to turn to the very first expression of someone being filled with the Spirit. And it's found in Exodus chapter 31. And we want to look at that expression of the fullness of that Spirit and, and with the intent of building that on top of what we know as a traditional charismatic, I'm Spirit-filled, I, I pray in the Spirit, I believe in the gifts of the Spirit, and so forth, all powerful, all very much needed. But I, I think if the church has lacked anywhere, it has, it's because we, we may have stopped there. Oh, I have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I can pray in the Spirit. I can speak in tongues. Well, that's powerful and that's wonderful, but there's a purpose for praying in the Spirit. There's a purpose for having a prayer language. And it's not just to tell people that I'm spirit-filled and you're not, so I'm closer to God than you are. Or it's not to make a different denomination that, okay, this is a charismatic 
body and over here is a non-charismatic. It's not to bring division to the body of Christ. It was the Holy Spirit was given into us as an advantage for a purpose and our ability and the gift of being able to pray in the Spirit and have the gifts of the Spirit in operation within us are for a purpose and it's to, it's to present Jesus Christ to us and in our environment, to our families, to our communities and to the world at large. But have you ever noticed that sometimes some people aren't impressed with the fact that you're spirit-filled and speak in tongues? Have you ever found out that it brings more division than it brings unity? Then don't get me, just be with me now. I'm not downing it. I'm very much in favor. I do it almost daily. I could say daily, but I don't want to, you know, a day may have gone by that I haven't, but praying in the spirit is a huge part of my walk with God. So let's take a look at this first expression of the spirit within. And it has to do with Moses when he's building the tabernacle. In, in verse 31, excuse me, verse 1 of Exodus 31. It says, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, spoke to Moses saying, see, I have called by name, A-L, the son of Uriah, the son of her of the tribe of Judah. Now let's say that three times real fast. <laughs> no, let's not. Let's just go on. Verse three. So I have filled him with the spirit of God. God filled one of Moses' servants with the spirit of God in wisdom. Remember, say wisdom. In understanding, say understanding. Knowledge, say knowledge, and say in all manner of workmanship. So the Spirit of God was put within this person. God filled him, and the manifestation of it is God is telling Moses, I filled him with the Spirit. The Spirit of God is within him in wisdom and in understanding, in knowledge and all manner of workmanship. I want to submit to you this morning that the spirit of God within, as we are more familiar with it from, from a, the book of Acts vantage point and, and, and receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit and praying in the spirit and having the gifts of the spirit, all very powerful, very much needed. It certainly is very foundational. It's very, very much empowering in our Christian walk. But I think if we take it to another level of expression, and the expressions would be, number one, an expression of wisdom. The wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. God's wisdom manifested as a result of the Holy Spirit residing within me that I am responding, when I am aware of the Spirit's presence within me as Jesus was aware of the Spirit of God within him, he always operated in the wisdom of God. God's wisdom was always manifested. And he was always manifested as understanding. Wisdom and understanding are the first two expressions here. I filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding. Wisdom, understanding, and then knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. 
In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 21, again, verse 15, I made a reference to this just a moment ago, but in verse 15, we are told to be wise. Then in verse 17, it says, don't be unwise, but be filled with the Spirit. But to be filled with the Spirit. And then it goes on and talks about what some of those manifestations of being filled with the Spirit would be as a result of not being unwise, but being wise. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. There's an alternative. It's called spirit fullness, the Spirit of God within and being aware of the Spirit of God within us within us, and it manifests itself with people singing songs and melodies, singing, making music and singing melodies to one another, and then it ends in verse 21. It doesn't end there, but I'm ending it there, with, uh, and submitting to one another in the fear of God. Everyone say, submitting to one another. See, many times when you ask people of, of, of churches that are spirit-filled churches, you ask them, what are the manifestations of being born again and being filled with the Holy Ghost, having a Pentecostal experience? Oh, praying in tongues. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, what about being wise? What about submitting to one another? Don't shout me down now because I'm preaching to Pentecostals who aren't submitting to one another and they're always fighting one another about whatever traditions they want to fight over. So we don't want to be in that boat where we get locked into traditions, but we want to continue to be open and, and have the Holy Spirit be leading us into, into expressions of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Take a moment and turn to the book of James chapter 3. We can't talk about the wisdom of God, the wisdom from heaven, without using James's analogy here, what he, how he defines it. It's so powerful. It's so contrasting. You can't miss it. Begins in verse 13 of James chapter 3. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly, it's sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Confusion and every evil thing are there. Now notice verse 17. It's defining wisdom from heaven. It says, but the wisdom that is from above, the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality, meaning no favoritism, no unfairness, there's no bias involved in it, and it's without hypocrisy. No, it's, it's the real deal. It's the real deal. It's, it's walking like Jesus walked. It's, it's living like Jesus lived. It's loving like Jesus loved. It's forgiving like Jesus loved, uh, forgave. That's wisdom from above. And Moses' servant, God said, I've filled your servant with the Spirit. And it's manifested in wisdom and in knowledge and in understanding and in all manner of workmanship. First of all, it was wisdom. It was wisdom. So keep yourself open and sensitive to the Holy Spirit leading you, guiding you, and directing you in the spirit of wisdom. The wisdom of God is to, to be, is to be displayed creatively 
among the body of Christ, within the body of Christ. The world is to be impressed with the wisdom of God. Not, the church is never to be disdained by the world, but to be impressed by the world. In the Old Testament, we have Solomon, the wisest, next to Jesus, he was the wisest person. Kings and queens came from surrounding kingdoms to, 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 to see all the things that he had accomplished and accumulated and, and just the excellence of everything that he had done in his kingdom. He was the wisest person and the wealthiest person and people came from, from, from surrounding regions to just, and, and they were, it, it, one place it tells us that the, the queen of Sheba, when she saw the wisdom of Solomon and the, the house that he had built and, and, and the food that he had available and the servants and, and, and their wardrobes and their, their furniture and she, when she was just trying to take it all in, it tells us that she was breathless, breathless. It should be no different today. The world should not be mocking the church. The world should be breathless at the beauty, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the craftsmanship within the church. The world should be breathless when they see it because it's not, it's not me, it's not you, it's all of us collectively. You say, well, Pastor Ray, where are you getting this from? Well, it's all through the scriptures. It's all through the scriptures. In Ephesians chapter three, we are, it's declared that it's the church's responsibility to make the manifold wisdom, the multifaceted wisdom, it's the church's responsibility to make it known to the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness in high places. The wisdom of God is not to be hidden. There should not be the confusion among us that, the, that there is, but we should be walking in a greater degree of wisdom. Uh, Pastor Bill Johnson, uh, in his book, Dreaming with God, he gives this definition of the nature of wisdom. It says, the world's definition of wisdom is focused on the attainment and use of knowledge. It's not wrong, it's just misleading. The church has adopted their incomplete definition, pursuing a wisdom that has no soul. Biblical wisdom sees with divine perspective and is the creative expression of God. I like that line. I'm going to read it again. Biblical wisdom sees with divine perspective and is the creative expression of God bringing practical solutions to the issues of everyday life. Practical solutions to the issues of everyday life. The Spirit of God within you. Be open. In Ephesians 5, be being filled. Don't be intoxicated with all the things that the world is offering. Not everything that's being offered is wrong in and of itself, but don't be just consumed by that and be completely clueless and, mind, and mindless concerning the spirit of God within. Does that mean we, don't, we just ignore everything that's out there? No, Solomon, the wisest person next to Jesus, People marveled at his kingdom. They marveled concerning his servants. They marveled concerning his wardrobe and his furnishings and, and, and the quality of the food and, and just anything and everything. They were just in awe of his establishment and of the kingdom. But he was not the first king to have a house, to have a kingdom, to have servants, to have food, to have clothing. He was not the first one to have that. It already existed, but he built upon it and he perfected it. 
And so in the arts and in entertainment and, and in the sciences and the medical sciences, these different things that we have, we don't just completely ignore and say, we just have to scrap all that and we have to just, you know, we just need to pray and fast and see what God would have us to do. No, many of the things that are available now are a result of the wisdom of God. But we keep building on it. We keep building on it. You know, in the Civil War, they did amputations. And today they can do an amputation if you need one. I would prefer to have one today compared to back then because I saw the tools, I saw, <laughs> I saw the resources available if you need to have a leg amputated. And it's not very pretty. I have some tools like that in my workshop. And so there's an advancement there, but the procedure's the same, but what they're doing is the same, but it's just better, it's wiser. We have improved, technology has improved. And so that's what I'm saying is that the spirit of God within us, we have what we have at our disposal today. Let's not be critical of it, but let's not be complacent. Let's continue to believe God that creative expressions as a result of the spirit within are going to continue to be manifested in wisdom and in understanding. We're not locked in. If you have stopped learning since the day you left school, you're in trouble. We need to be learning each and every moment. We need to continue to stay open and to become skilled in, in, in whatever vocation we may be involved in. Whatever your career path is, you become skilled in that. You become wise and understanding and knowledgeable and skillful in it as a result of the wisdom of God, as a result of the Spirit of God residing within you. Out of that resonance of the Spirit of God within you, whatever it is that God has called you into, whatever your skill sets are, whether it be in the arts and entertainment, whether it be in medical science, whether it be in teaching, you can be the best teacher now, you can be the, the best doctors, you can be the best scientists, you can be the best musicians, you can be the best in whatever God has called you to do. There's lots of construction taking place here, there's a lot of development, there's a, the, the jewelry and just all kinds of uh, expressions of the wisdom of God. And we are to be in the forefront of that. We're not to be always following after. I remember that... Uh, from my vantage point, I remember when the, they called it contemporary Christian music first started. You know, it just started getting away from the traditional hymns, you know, the organ and the piano, and started introducing drums and guitars and so forth. And then different artists would start coming to the forefront. And it, it, it seemed like for the first decade or so, or even maybe a couple of decades, it seemed, it seemed like the, a lot of the contemporary Christian music, you know, Christian rock, they, they were mimicking the rock and roll music that was already out there, just changing the lyrics. But I'm happy to acknowledge, and from my vantage point, I see that that has changed some years ago, where the creativity and the excellence and the skill in Christian music has come to the forefront. There's some really, really excellent artists and and. and songwriters and, and skilled musicians come, have come to the forefront. And it, 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 I, we don't, I, I, don't think it, it's, I don't think it's secondary anymore to what we would call worldly music, if there's such a thing. Music is music, it's the anointing of God that goes with it, just like fire is fire. You can use it to burn the house down or cook your dinner. Amen? That's another message in and of itself. But my point being is I'm pleased to see that 
wisdom, skill, understanding, knowledge has come to the forefront in the realm, in, in, in that particular realm, and in many other realms as well, and, and it will continue to do so. But we have to come to a place where we embrace it. And you, as an individual, and all of us together, collectively, as the body of Christ, that we make it our heart's desire and our commitment that the Spirit of God is within me in all wisdom, knowledge, and all understanding, all manner of craftsmanship. So whatever your craftsmanship is, whatever your calling is, whatever your skill sets are, there's a wisdom for you to excel in that. There's a wisdom for you to excel in to the point that Solomon excelled in it, that people from the world are gonna look at it and they're gonna be breathless. Just like the Queen of Sheba, she was marveled and she was breathless. Amen? You say, well, why? Is that so we can brag and you know, be puffed up? No, it's to bring honor and glory to God. It's always because of the spirit of God within us. It's not my idea. It's not my wisdom. It's his wisdom. It's his idea. It's his leading. It's his gifting that he deposited within me, that he deposited within you. Amen? Amen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you, Lord God, that not only were Moses' servant that were called upon to build the tabernacle. Not only have they received the spirit within in wisdom, in knowledge, and in understanding, and in all manner of craftsmanship, but Father, the same Holy Spirit is available and has been given unto us today, and we open up our hearts and we receive the fullness of it in Jesus' name, name above all names. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father God, for fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. Like the, uh, the Apostle Paul prayed in, in, in Ephesians chapter 5, that, that we are be being filled on a regular basis, on a daily basis. We thank you, Father. I embrace the presence of your Holy Spirit to lead me, just as Jesus embraced the Holy Spirit within his life on a daily basis. He was always conscious of the Spirit of God within him, leading, guiding, and helping make the right choices, even with all the pressure that was on his life and the demands that were on his life. He yielded to the Spirit of God within. Father, I pray for that ability that no matter what the pressure, however intense it becomes, Whatever environment we find ourselves in, whatever season of life that we're in, Lord God, the Spirit of God is within us for wisdom for that season, wisdom for that circumstance, wisdom for that situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, we love you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for watching us and participating with us online today. Have an awesome, awesome rest of the day, and we'll see you next Sunday morning. Pastor Rodney's going to bring the word next Sunday, so come out expecting uh, good things and great things of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. God bless you. We love you.